Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. What are you reading? That's one of my absolute favorite questions to ask somebody. What are you reading? And it's not meant to be prying. It's not meant to be uh, assuming that somebody's reading a book or something like that. But there's a, a lot of places you can go with asking somebody a question about what they're reading. At the bare minimum, you get this just rote piece of information. This is a book that this person is reading, but then it is a springboard and it leads you on to plenty of other parts of conversation. You can say, well, why'd you pick that book? Or, you know, if you've read it, you can say, oh, it's interesting. What'd you think about this part of that book? Or if the book is a new book that might be in the, in the news or something like that and say, oh, you think it's worth all the hype that it's generating or the, the controversy that's surrounding it or something like that. But the same can be said in fly fishing. What are you reading? Now, you don't have to be a reader to enjoy fly fishing, and you don't have to necessarily read fly fishing books if you are a fly fisher, but a lot of us do read fly fishing books, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's been a few years ago, and so I'm revisiting it uh, to talk a little bit about fly fishing books in general, and so if you, for some reason, listened to a two-year-old podcast recently uh, about my take on fly fishing books, you're going to get lots of new information, uh, but I'm also going to offer up a few different book recommendations for you, things that are, are, in my opinion, worth you picking up. Now, of course, this is just a snippet of what's available on castingacross.com. I have uh, dozens and dozens of book recommendations. I have recently published my 11th, uh, published is a fancy word, I recently posted my 11th fly fishing book recommendation article on the, the website, 
where I list four books uh, that I think are worth your time and money. Uh, but then there's lots of other articles that have to do with individual books, interviews with authors, things like that. It's it's a part of fly fishing that I really enjoy. And I get it. It might not be your cup of tea, but maybe this podcast could give you some incentive to pick up a book if you haven't done so in a long time. And this is being recorded in the end of December. So there's a chance that you're going to have some time on your hands. Uh, and there's not a better way to spend a cold day when there's no way to get out and go fly sh- fishing than sitting and reading about fly fishing in a nice warm place with a nice warm drink. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And like I alluded to, I'm going to talk about a couple of different kinds of fly fishing books. And this is by no means a like a, a, a taxonomic uh, distinction that is recognized by everybody, but this is the way that I like to think of different fly fishing books uh, in, in different kind of uh, styles and different genres. Uh, and there's a lot of crossover, and that's really a, a cool thing about fly fishing books, in, in my opinion, is that you have books that are very info-focused, but even inside of them you have anecdotes, you have stories, you have personal accounts, you have opinions. And then you have books that are they're, they're straight-up novels, but in it, you have really valuable technique information that, that's contained. So there's a lot of bleed over, but as best as I can, I try to split them up so that if you're saying, you know, I really want to have a book I can just sit down and read through, then I've got some examples. If you want a book I can study, I've got some examples. So we're going to go through those today. So the first one is a guidebook. Now, what's a guidebook? A guidebook is something that I've kind of referred to as the internet in paperback form. So these are books that talk about a specific region or a specific river or system of rivers, and they contain the kind of information that these days we are very used to finding on the internet. But here's the thing. I don't think I've ever found a single website that contains the comprehensive information on numerous streams that you can find in even the most Spartan of guidebooks. So that is to say, there are websites you can go to, fly shop websites in particular, that will have a map, will have hatch charts, will have seasonality as to to how you should fish and where you should fish, and maybe even give a couple of of notes about, about that particular stream, or the two or three streams that are immediately in the vicinity of that fly shop. But they're not going to go much beyond that, and and this is this is the honest truth. Fly shops aren't that great at updating information. So even a, a guidebook that might only be updated every five years has the potential to being more up to date than a, a fly shop website, unless they are they're on the ball. And there's some that are on that like that. But again, you're not going to find a whole bunch of online resources that provide you with the detail on numerous streams across a state or across a region that goes into the level of detail of, again, maps, access points, hatch charge, seasonality of where and how you should fish, and then adding the the fun things like a a couple of stories or even some history about the stream, some conservation issues, uh, even maybe some some other activities that you can do in and around that stream. But you can get that in the guidebook. Now, the biggest caveat, as I alluded to earlier, is that guidebooks quickly get outdated. But it's not to the point or the extent that they are useless. Uh, In fact, I grabbed one off my shelf as I was thinking about this that was published in 1999. And aside from a few minor things regarding stream access, 
and then some bigger things like streams that were considered hot that are now kind of eh, so-so and other ones that are so-so that are now considered hot. It's still incredibly valuable as far as getting general information about the stream. So that's the biggest kind of flag to, to race. Not even a red flag. I'm not sure what the, the next more mild flag is. A, a yellow flag. A caution flag. When you pick up a guidebook that's not super recent. And I would even say a guidebook that's only a year old you know, use the information regarding the rules and regulations with a, a eye of caution because uh, you really want to be relying on the local or the state regulation guidebook to determine where, when, and how you fish. These books are great, but they do not carry the same authority as the the, the guidebooks that get put out by the, the states. So you want to pay attention to those regulations, not these regulations. So with that being said, I want to talk about one that I have really enjoyed. And this one's great because it is not just state specific, not just region specific, but it's really just three rivers. And it is the Fly Fishing Guide to the Upper Delaware River. This is in its second edition. And uh, it was written by Paul Weimer. The second edition came out in 2011. So again, 10 years old. So there's a couple things in here that you want to just pick, take a look at, compare and, and, and contrast what the book says with what the regulations for the state of New York or the state of Pennsylvania say. But otherwise, it is a phenomenal resource. Three rivers, but it comes in at 275 plus pages long. And if you have ever been in this part of the country, you know what a spectacular resource the East Branch, the West Branch, and the main stem of the Delaware River are. Now, this is a fantastic resource because it is something that if you live anywhere, really, from like Washington, D.C. to Boston, all the way out to like Cleveland, you can get to in a relatively decent amount of time, much quicker and much cheaper than it would take for you to get out west. And in fishing the Delaware River system, you have access to really big water and really big fish. Uh, it is it is a unique opportunity uh, on the East Coast. There are big rivers. There are big big other big tail waters, and that's what this system is. It's a it's a, a tail water. There's there's two uh, bottom release dams that are uh, upstream on the East Branch and the West Branch, and and that's why the the flows are relatively consistent. And certainly, there's a lot of of politics and a lot of controversy regarding how uh, the city of New York and the state of New York manage those flows because uh, the 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 water for New York City will come from these reservoirs but again in, in general terms very consistent fishing for the majority of the year and spectacular wading drift boat fishing drift boat fishing like like very few other places that you can find in the east coast but if you were to just drive up you'd be able to catch fish and the first time i drove up i caught fish i just drove up found a, a spot i think it was a pennsylvania fishing boat commission uh, access point walked in started casting you know, paying attention to the bugs that were floating around around me, and I caught fish. Next, I went to a fly shop, and they said, "You, you really need to know no more." And I said, "Okay." So I, I, I talked to them. I knew more, caught more fish. Uh, the next time I went back, I took this book with me, and I did much, much better. Found more spots, found more places that were easy to wade. And then I did, I did this totally backwards, of course. Uh, then I got a guide the next time I went, and now I feel like I know the river system much, much better. I mean, a fraction, a minute fraction of what is to be known about one part of an enormous system. But short of getting a guide, 
getting this book, Fly Fishing Guide to the Upper Delaware River, is a great thing. So if you have a, a trip planned to, I don't know who's going to New York much these days, but if you have a, a trip planned uh, in the East Coast and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm interested in, in trying a, a unique unique fishery, or you, you want to get away and you want to try something that is is different than if you do live in the East Coast, uh, than most of your local fisheries, and you want to schedule a day with a guide, and then you want to drive around and fish on your own, this book is an invaluable resource for you know, under 25 bucks. Uh, full color pictures, everything from fly patterns, access points, uh, historical information, uh, local resources, and again, the access points is is the key piece here because there's so much water but there's so much private land you once you get on the river you're okay but especially if you're waiting then this is the kind of thing that you need to know but also if you have your own boat uh, or, or you and, and somebody are, are going and taking a float trip this gives you some great itineraries for putting in at this place and taking out in this place what kind of pools do you want to fish what kind of riffles do you want to fish what kind of water are you comfortable navigating this is the kind of book that gives that information it's a really really great book um, and I, I honestly I haven't checked to see if a third printing is uh, is available I, I doubt it uh, but uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if it was on the uh, on the agenda for for the good people at Stackpole and uh, and Paul Weimer. But it's an excellent book that I would highly recommend to anyone who lives in that Boston to DC to Cleveland area, even if you've never been there to say, wow, this is an awesome resource uh, that, that I, I need to check out and get into some great fish. So that is uh, the guidebook recommendation and a few words on guidebooks. The second one is technique. So a technique-based book, in my mind, is something that you are learning skills. You are learning uh, different aspects of angling. You are learning how to nymph better. You're learning how to fish streamers better. You're learning how to read water better. And so there are casting books and there are fly tying books. And these are books that you you might pick up and read cover to cover, but they're more like resource books. Pick up a little bit here, pick up a little bit there, take a look, see if there's some things that interest you as it relates to improving your cast, or if you really want to dial in a, a particular technique uh, as you go into the season and you pick up a book on Euro nymphing and you read through it and you make sure your gear is aligning with what's being recommended in this book. And then when you get on the water, you're trying to emulate and replicate what's being shown to you uh, in these books. Uh, for years, these books have been very photo heavy, which is awesome because I think as great as the written word is, to have images is is helpful. So YouTube's great, and I absolutely love it. Uh, you get so much good uh, free information on how to fish and where to fish and how to tie flies and how to cast. But there is something to be said about a frozen image static in front of you that shows you the component parts of what you're doing. I think sometimes we can we can miss the trees for the forest when we are watching a video and we kind of get the whole big picture, but to get it broken down into little chunks is so incredibly valuable. So that's actually one of the things that I see in, in this book that I'm going to recommend in this genre uh, uh, today, Fly Tying for Everyone. Uh, by Tim Camisa. So you are probably familiar with Tim, not from me, but from, from himself. But I put a uh, monthly blog post on Tim's website, Trout and Feather. And Tim is a fantastic fly tire. He is not presumptuous. He does not try to aim too high. He tries to have flies that are on his channel that pretty much everybody can tie. And flies are going to catch fish. There's some pretty flies here and there, but mostly these are flies that are going to catch fish. And so this is a cool book because, uh, you know, if you find some of the stalwart fly tying books that are out there, they have a lot of patterns that are classic 
patterns that are worth knowing how to tie. There's not as many books out there. I mean, there's 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 a half dozen or so, but there's just not as many recent books that are showing some of the more contemporary patterns and across a swath of styles of, of, of flies. So Tim has dries, he has nymphs, he has Euro style nymphs, he has some contemporary streamers in this book. And, and so it's a really great book. This would be the book that I would recommend to get somebody who is just getting into fly tying or somebody who might tie flies but not have fly tying books uh, this is a, a great book hard hardcover full color photographs and like I said earlier what's great about this is Tim has step-by-step greatly photographed images of of these flies tying. so there's a simple pattern I'm looking at right now it's the the pilva shuttlecock and it is a relatively simple fly uh, thread body with a, um, a a simple wing and post but he's got 28 pictures describing how to do it. So it's the kind of thing where you could, if you wanted to, watch the YouTube video and pause it and pause it and pause it and pause it. Or you could pick up a book and flip through it and just look at each step-by-step and maybe cross-reference it with a video that Tim has on his website or somebody else has on their website on how to tie that very same pattern. So uh, there is uh, about 20 or so patterns that are are on this this book, Um, not a ton, but again, you're learning the techniques and you're learning the, the, the things that you need to know to once you see that and then you see a recipe for another fly on a website or you watch a YouTube video, now you have these techniques right in front of you where you're able to replicate it and do so well. This is an awesome book. There's a couple other things in here that are valuable. His, his take on tools, his take on vices, um, and some information about how he fishes them. And that's one of the great things, in my opinion, about Tim and, and Trout and Feather is that he doesn't just say, hey, here's a pretty fly. Uh, go out and fish with it. He talks about how he has had success with it and even integrating why he ties it in a certain way, why the weight is as it is, why the hot spot is where it is, because it actually impacts his fishing and he shares that with you. So great book, uh, Fly Tying for Everyone by Tim Camisa. Thirdly, the third genre, and again, these are very loose, but just a general idea of different types of books that are out there. I just call it literature. Now, this is everything from uh, Isaac Walton to River Runs Through It to John Gearock. Uh, there to to, to uh, Big Too Hard River. I mean, you name it. Any of these classic stories that talk about fly fishing, they can be fiction, they can be nonfiction, they can be humor, they can be existential. It really covers a wide range. But there's so much value in these because they are not only about escapism, they're not only about entertainment, but we really see ourselves and our experiences in these anglers and their experiences. I wrote a couple of weeks ago about the heroes in fly fishing stories and how rarely it is just supernatural exploits and remarkable angling talent that makes for a good story. It's people having the power of observation and the skill to be able to relay that to someone else. That's what makes for a good fishing story. And so when you read these books by these famous anglers and up and coming anglers and people that have just taken a passion project to put a book out, then you're not reading about the all-star team of fly fishing. You're reading about somebody who fishes a lot like you in the places where you fish. They just have the ability to communicate it in a way that is engaging. So 
Today's uh, recommendation for this genre is called Storied Waters, 35 Fabled Fly Fishing Destinations and the Writers and Artists Who Made Them Famous by David Van Wee. Now, uh, this is a relatively recent book. I think this came out in 2020, if I am not mistaken, as I flip to the front page of the, the, the book. Yeah, oh, 2019. I think I got it in 2020. This is a, a pandemic read for me. Uh, large format, paperback, but lots of great pictures in it. And it is a very intriguing read because David starts out in Maine, drives out to Michigan, I believe, as, as far west as he gets, and then comes back and he fishes famous rivers along the way. And what takes him to those rivers is not necessarily the quality of fishing, although that is there, but it is rivers that have played host to, as the, the subtitle says, uh, writers and artists. So these are rivers and spots on rivers and places in and around and towns on these rivers that have a place in the angling literary history of our region, our, our country, and our sport. So this really ties into everything that I've been saying. So uh, Van Wee's book is a lot of fun. Uh, and again, he's not catching giant fish on every one of these these trips, every one of these stops. He talks about his successes. He talks about his failures. But the emphasis is more on the river, the water, and what's going on in and around it, and the history that led him to this place. And it's the kind of thing where it makes you want to say, oh, I could do something like that. Not not maybe to that extent. I don't know if I could have a couple of months off uh, to, to drive to Michigan and fish uh, about you know 30 places between here and there. But you know, could I make a trip out of just fishing different places? Not really trying to dial in how to become an expert on one particular location, but just say, I want an experience here, an experience there, an experience there. Well, you can do so you know, from the comfort of your, your armchair by reading Storied Waters. It, it's a lot of fun, but he also gives information on how to get there and how to, and how to fish it. And uh, for me, it was, it's great because there's a lot of places that I've fished. I know all three of the books that I've recommended today kind of have an East Coast vibe. I mean, Tim's a, a Pennsylvania guy, um, but he's certainly fished all over the place. But I'd love to know if you fish in the Midwest, if you fish out west, if you fish down south, if you fish somewhere else, what are some books that might fit these categories where you live? What is a guidebook that you love? I mean, I've got some great uh, you know, guidebooks for, for places out west that I've been once or that someone's given me, and they're fun to flip through. Um, I have stories from Rocky Mountain guys. I have stories from guys down south, stories from uh, guys in Canada. But what would be uh, a, a guidebook? What would be some technique-based literature? And what would be some, some literary or novel or stories that you would recommend from where you live? Let me know. Matthew at castingacross.com. I'd love to hear that. I'd love to hear any of your book recommendations. And actually, I think after the last podcast, I had a couple of uh, publishers and authors reach out and scheduled a couple of, of reads and, uh, and interviews. So if there's anyone out there that has a book or, or someone they know that's, that's published something, I'd love to have that conversation because this is an essential part of fly fishing, in my opinion, something that we need to perpetuate. We need to continue as awesome as as Instagram and as YouTube and as all of those resources are out there, as great as podcasts are, this is, I would say, on the auxiliary, on the periphery side of what has been an angling tradition going back centuries. And that is the written word in in physical form where somebody can sit and read it and make notes and dog your things and then hand it off to somebody else and maybe get it back and put it on your shelf or maybe not. But uh, to be able to, to continue that, I think is so very important. So 
Again, if you have recommendations or suggestions, send them to me at matthew at castingacross.com. Monday's article is called The Last Time You'll Fish. The Last Time You'll Fish. Now, it's a little bit of a different uh, article, and I am writing about the reality that someday you will fish your favorite stream for the last time. And that might have already happened. Not because tomorrow is going to, to mean your downfall. Not because uh, tomorrow is, is, is the, the, the day that has been numbered for you. But just circumstance and situation will make it such that a river that you feel like you're going to fish forever might not be fished again. You might move away. Uh, life might just have different plans for you. But then there's also places that you fish that you've really enjoyed fishing, but you're just not going to get back there. It's a once-in-a-lifetime trip. So how do you think about that? And if you have the luxury, if you have the blessing, if you are fortunate enough to go and fish again, might you make plans to go fish there again? Is that a priority for you? Because our days are numbered. We are finite. And there's goodness to that. That's that's the way that we, we've been designed to, to live this life and experience this life once. So if there's something that you value, then maybe think about that and have that be a part of your plans for 2022, as, as this is being recorded at the end of December. Wednesday's article, as I mentioned earlier, is called Fly Fishing Books 11. So kind of three posts in one here. So we have Fly Fishing Books 11, four book recommendations, uh, three that fall into the categories of guidebook, technique, and literature, and then a bonus one. And the bonus one this time around is just utterly fantastic. I, I Just go and read it. It's one of the, the best books you can get out there. If you give an Amazon gift card bouncing around uh, after this holiday season, definitely go out and, and grab it. But uh, check those out. But then when you get there, you will see a couple different links. One of the links is to the other 10 articles that talk about the other fly fishing books that I've recommended in the past. So 10 times 4, that's 40 more books. But then there's also another link to a page that's on the website that's always on the right-hand side if you're on the desktop or at the bottom after you scroll through your article if you're reading it on your phone. That's called Fly Fishing Books. And this is simply an index of every book that I have written about. So there's actually more than 40 books on there because there's books that have been addressed in YouTube videos, books that have been uh, author interviews, as well as all of the books that have been on the Fly Fishing Books series on Casting Cross.com. So again, if, if this podcast has piqued your interest, this is a great starting point, a great resource for you to go and finding books that, you know, whatever my opinion is worth, I have them on my shelf. I have enjoyed them. I think they are worth worth checking out. This is the penultimate podcast for 2021, but it is going to be released the evening before Christmas Eve. So with that being said, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, and uh, I do hope that the season will give you opportunity to spend time with friends and family and get out fishing, but it is also my, my hope that you can appreciate the reason why we celebrate Christmas, the incarnation, the birth of Jesus Christ. For me, that and everything that came after that is the reason why I do what I do, uh, the reason why I enjoy fishing, the reason why I live. And that's my recommendation for this week on Casting Across. Uh, just enjoy Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas. Don't feel like you need to buy anything, look at anything, do anything. Just enjoy Christmas. Celebrate the season. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com for three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. <laughs> <laughs>